Hello, everyone, and welcome to the KHQ Family and Relationship Law Podcast. Today, I have with me Greg Oliver and Stefan Pantelis. Welcome, guys. Good to be here again, Ron. So today... Let's talk at the same time, shall we, Steph? (laughs) So today, I wanted to talk about something that's, I guess, very topical at the moment, and that is vaccinations, and particularly vaccinations of children. Um, So we learned last week, actually, that kids in Australia could get the COVID-19 jab within weeks after our nation's drug regulator gave the green light. Uh, The Therapeutic Goods Administration is expected to announce um, very soon that it's approved the Pfizer vaccine for use in children as young as 12. Uh, Children with serious underlying health conditions are expected to be immediately bumped to the front of the queue. Um, And this comes really after the TGA granted approval for the Pfizer vaccine to be used in Australians over the age of 16 in January. Um, It is actually the Pfizer jab being used uh, in children as young as 12 in the United States. Um, And I think there was mention of Joe Biden actually um, hoping to start vaccinations of even younger children later this year. Our government has said that they will review the safety data that's available from the US before they give the green light um, for the Pfizer with healthy Australian children. But it's all a bit concerning. Um, Is that understating it? Which, which, which part? Yeah, I, I speak as someone who's, who's had the Pfizer vaccine um, and cautiously so, but, um, and I was happy to get myself vaccinated, but I'm a bit concerned about vaccinating my children, to be frank. But what are your thoughts on it, both of you? Well, yes, yeah, Steph, you've had some, I mean, this, the, the vaccination question um, with respect to family law matters is not a new question. And there certainly has been cases over the years um, where the you know one one parent has not wanted to have a, a separate separated parent one 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 parent has not wanted a child to have the vaccination the other parent has wanted to have the child vaccinated um, so certainly it's not a new issue from that point of view but now it's this uh, it's new this new global kind of phenomenon where essentially the world's population the drive will be for everyone and um, to be vaccinated against COVID. And you'll have to do that. And it looks certainly that if you read the tea leaves, it appears that you're going to have to do that if you want to participate in society. It seems almost inevitable uh, that there'll be vaccine passports. You will need to have, uh, uh, be able to confirm your vaccination status if you want to travel. If you want to go and see Phantom of the Opera next year, for example, uh, I know a lot of people are excited about that. When we have theatres and things like that come back, sporting events, um, you're, you're going to have to have that vaccination. And that seems very likely that that's going to extend to children as well. So it's, I think it's going to bring these, um, those who are cautious or anti-vaxxers or whatever, whatever you, how you like to describe people, it's going to bring a lot of those issues to the fore. And in, inevitably, there's going to be family law cases about this. Inevitably, I would have um, I think it will, there will be disagreement between parents as to whether a child should be vaccinated. And you're right, Greg, we have had cases, many cases before the court where that was challenged prior to COVID. Um, So what does the court do? Section 65 of the Family Law Act um, gives the jurisdiction for the court to order a vaccination of of a child, irrespective of whether the parents actually consent to that order. And specifically, the court can order that one party have sole parental responsibility for medical decisions for a child uh, to the exclusion of the other parent, um, can specifically order a parent or both to ensure a child is vaccinated, or in the reverse, um, 
a, a restraint against a vaccination can be ordered. So in order to defend an application by a parent or an order by the court uh, for a child to be vaccinated, it is necessary to show by way of medical evidence that the vaccination poses some medical or other risk to the child. But that's not always easy, is it? So, Steph, I was going to ask you to chat about a case that, that we sort of learnt about in a, in a recent case of ours, Mains and Redden. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I just wanted to uh, touch on some, some of the things you said there as well, Monica. Um, in terms of this idea of going to the court, um, and the court being the decision, decision-making process for these families, really we're talking about couples who, separating couples or parents or people exercising parental responsibility, where there's a dispute. Um, and in our experience, correct me if I'm wrong here, Monica, in our experience, the court is always gonna take a cautious approach. They'll always take a conservative approach and they'll always rely on medical evidence. So the idea that there might be an influx, I, I suspect, I, I, I highly suspect we're going to see an influx in disputes amongst parents, but I, I would be cautious to say that we're going to be seeing judicial officers, the courts intervening where parents can agree. Um, I, you would hope, um, and the whole basis of our court system is that people often can't agree, but you would hope through that process, through the exchange of medical um, evidence about the propensities to vaccine injury, um, once we learn more about the vaccine, there will be some consistency, there might be some streamlining, but um, certainly the case you are have in mind uh, is a case called Mains and Redden, which was uh, then the federal magistrate, which subsequently became the federal circuit court. Um, what happened in that case effectively was the parents didn't agree about vaccinations. The mother in that case um, was opposed to vaccinations, the father, supported the child being immunised. I don't recall the specific immunisations, but obviously we're talking um, pre-COVID. Um, that case went on appeal. There was medical evidence that didn't persuade uh, the then federal magistrate and the matter went on appeal. The reason why that case is interesting is because um, at the appellate level, it presents an interesting concept. And that is, whether the vaccination to children is a matter of parental responsibility, whether it's a dispute that parents should be deciding between themselves, or whether it falls into another subcategory of the court under the court's welfare jurisdiction, uh, what is a special medical procedure. So the court still has that jurisdiction. Uh, that case was not determinative uh, in the sense that it said that this is or this is not a special medical procedure. What it did is remit the matter back to the original court for a rehearing. So in, in some sense, uh, that is a, an incomplete story, but um, perhaps in the absence of uh, medical evidence moving forward, if there was a case where a COVID-19 vaccination was recommended, another party um, resisted that, it would be open to the court uh, to at least hear submissions that should be treated differently to other immunizations. I think that's the interesting point. From, from, from my perspective. And I think that is the point, isn't it? That we don't know the side effects potentially of the COVID-19 jabs um, and they may have different side effects. And I think there's there's something reassuring in what the, um, the statement from our government uh, was about sort of waiting to see how the US rollout sort of impacted mm -hmm. children because at least um, hopefully we'll have some empirical evidence, but we just don't know. And I think that's the scary thing. Mm -hmm. um, 
I did want to say there was another decision in 2021, the decision of Covington, and that was a case where parties had agreed in consent orders in December 2020 um, to allow the father to take the 10-year-old uh, to receive vaccinations um, and that otherwise both parties would support that, but the mother then withdrew her consent and filed an appeal and then sought a stay of the orders. And that was a case that went... Um, all the way to the High Court. So that's another interesting case if you want to read about um, vaccinations, but that was not the COVID-19 jab. It was a, a standard sort of immunisation case. Yeah, it was an interesting, wasn't it? it was, she, she was seeking, um, it was, she was asking that the Constitution includes a freedom from compulsory vaccination. Um, so we, which is an interesting kind of concept. Um, but again, I think getting, getting back, it's really going to come down every single case is going to come down to the evidence. And I'm struggling to see at this stage, if you've got a peak body um, which recommends that uh, a vaccination is safe for children, um, I'm not sure what type of evidence could be led or sourced that would compel a court to go against that, um, that standard knowledge or that, that, that body of scientific evidence. That, that that's for me, would be, I'm not quite sure how that, how that could be done unless there was as i said previously there's a particular aspect of the child or particular medical condition that the child has which is susceptible to some aspect um or, or, or you know of the vaccination i don't i don't know but i can't see that yeah it'd be interesting to find whatever and i think the, the vaccination cases i've seen um if there isn't that medical evidence opposing um the, the, the vaccination then it's very hard uh, for that person to maintain the case. I think the other challenge is actually getting a doctor to put pen to paper and supporting a child not being vaccinated because there's risks for them either way. That's a, that's a really, really good point. Um, but, the, but the other thing that's very interesting, I mean, it, it opens up, I mean, it kind of touches on the whole vaccination uh, aspect. And obviously, over decades, vaccinations have been you know, crucial, have been seen as a crucial cornerstone of public health for, for some decades now. Uh, and th there's a very entrenched narrative around that, and you're quite right. Um, even if a doctor or scientist or some other specialist with, you know, expertise in the area um, felt otherwise, they would really be going against the grain. Uh, and I don't, you're not going to see that happening too much, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, so. One of the other things that concerns me in, in terms of the context of, of vaccination disputes before the family court um, so just just for the record, I think that if, if, the, if the science, I mean, there will obviously be a, a period of time where we are entering the unknown, but once once the science is there, once the medical research is there, I think that in, that in all circumstances, if there, unless there are extreme circumstances to say that it shouldn't happen, we should be following the public advice, we should be following the medical advice. Problem we have, you both spoke earlier about the idea of vaccination passports, the idea of even international or domestic travel. Yeah. Um, when you put yourselves in the jurisdiction, the family court, when they're applying the principles, and often the court is looking to give the child the best opportunity and to, to make any orders that will give that, that child the opportunity to experience them with both parents, that may include travel. Um, what happens in those situations? Um, say for instance, mum or dad uh, were opposed to vaccinations, the school trip's coming up, and, and let's, if you can imagine, you know, maybe in a few years' time, the, the, the school trip to, to China for three weeks, uh, and your child's not vaccinated against COVID-19, does that mean that they miss out by virtue of either parent objecting to vaccination, um, and what's the basis for it? 
um, the court's going to have those issues. There's going to be spin-off. There are going to be um, effects that flow to the child in terms of missing out on going to the going to the footy, um, going to a, to a concert. What happens mm -hmm. then? Um, so I suspect it will actually come up more frequently. Maybe not in the context of um, is it safe or is it not, but 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 on balance, um, what type of life are you, are you potentially signing? your child up to if they can't do these things in the modern world. Just before we finish up, I just wanted to mention also that um, the court's COVID list um, is still going and is there for urgent cases where um, there is a matter relating to uh, COVID-19. So um, we may well see those vaccination cases coming through that um, mm. that list. Thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, what is a really topical discussion. And I guess we just have to wait and see. See how it unfolds. Thanks, guys. She's gone.